going a bit deeper into like my childhood, I was surrounded by like a little bit of violence growing up and I saw fights and I saw anger and stuff like that. And I just wanted the complete opposite of that. Welcome back to the Understanding Men podcast, which is basically two guys talking about things that men could, but don't speak about anywhere near enough. I'm Luke Sutton, and I'm once again here with my great friend, Fraser Franks. So for today's episode, we are going to tackle something that's actually been a very new talking point between Fraser and I. It's about our physical ability and capability as a man, and what does this mean and not mean for us? This was actually sparked by Fraser hearing Jordan Peterson talking about how a man needs to feel capable of looking after himself physically so that if something ever happened, he'd be able to back himself and not fear giving his opinion or standing up for himself under the fear of physical altercation. So it got us thinking and chatting and prompted us to do a pod about this and chat about how men feel generally about their physical and otherwise capabilities in life and whether masculinity is linked to this in any way or not. I'm looking forward to this one because I I genuinely don't have a clue where it's going to go, if I'm honest. There's also been a bit of banter about the fact that I'm considerably older than Fraser and how this, this whole topic's going to go. I wouldn't anyway. say considerably, Luke. What? How old are you? 33. Mate, I'm I'm nearly 15 years older than you. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. That's one of my kids. That that's that's a lot. Yeah, you're as old as you feel. That's it. Yeah, which is about 22. <laughs> anyway, let's just get to the nub of it to start with. How important do you think it is, Fraser, for a man to feel physically strong or capable in life, or is that just absolute nonsense? Oh, I, you said in the intro, you have no idea where this is going to go. And I'm, I'm very much the same. I personally enjoy, I, I feel better when I feel stronger. I have no desire to be massive, you know, big muscular guy or anything like that. But I just feel better when I'm physically capable. It sparked it on a podcast I listened to, but there's also, it took me down a little rabbit hole as well because... I like the men's mental health work that is going on. And I I look into that a little bit and I'd like to have a bit of an impact in that area. And I see a lot of the retreats and things like that. There's usually some kind of like physical component when it comes to, like I've I've seen various ones that are are pretty well established that are self-defense and boxing is involved and kind of like ancestral and this is for men specific, specifically. Yeah, this is like right. a men's men's right. work retreat kind of thing. And I was, I've never ever felt that you need to be to be a man that you need to be capable in a fight, basically. But I understand some of the premises that we're talking about, and and if I'm honest, my so my last fight. And I, my last fight was when I was 12. <laughs> he's called, he's called Ruben Botre. I remember him. Shout Ruben, out Ruben. What? He was in yeah, what a great name. <laughs> he absolutely I, battered Fraser. Uh, 
So poor, poor use of the head from me on that day. I didn't know what else to do. I've never had a fight since. I've never wanted to have a fight. I think it's one of the most ridiculous things when I see grown men outside bars fighting over something. And I think a lot of the time it comes down to someone not being able to articulate himself well enough. But I also look back at my, and if I'm brutally honest with myself in my football career, there were times where I bit my tongue and there were times where I wanted to kind of speak up or I did speak up and maybe the fear of confrontation and the fear of it getting physical stopped me from going a bit more and really standing my ground kind of thing. And I think that was a fear of mine in a changing room when I was a player. I've never really felt like that since. I feel like I, you know, if something, if I believe in something, I stand up for it. But I've never, I remember people used to come in with, and we do a boxing session. I, I'm not a very good puncher. You know, I've never had as as Ruben has found out at the age of (laughs) twelve. But I've never had like technique on how to punch or how to do this or how to do that. But I know a lot of friends, and it's quite a it's a massive thing at the minute that's taken off over the last five six years of jujitsu. So I know so many people that are learning jujitsu, not as a form of violence or anything like that, but to be able to have that element of self-defense that if anything ever happened, you feel capable in your body that you, no matter what size you are, that you could handle yourself on that situation. And I, I know a guy that's a, a jujitsu teacher and he he talks about that and he says it should be taught in schools all over the country where bullies aren't quite getting away with what they've been getting away with for years. And you, you can have the, the smaller guy that beats the bigger guy just because he knows certain techniques. But it just, I, I don't really know. Like it, it just led me down a bit of a spiral of, I listened to that and then I looked at a few articles and there was one of a guy who was, he said he was so ashamed that he'd never had a fight and he told his wife about it and said, <laughs> I don't know. And I was just like, this is, it's kind of interesting to hear different people's perspectives on it. So yeah. I said it to you and we've ended up doing a podcast about it. But in general, I'm just, I want to learn about it because I'm, mm. I understand. And then it led me onto another podcast with a guy called Jocko Willink, who has been on Joe Rogan, who's like a big Navy SEAL. And he's talking about masculinity. He's like, men should be able to change the oil in the car. They should be able to rewire their house and do the plumbing, and do this. And I was like, Oh, I'm not very good at I'm not no. very good at that stuff. <laughs> um, does that make me less of a man? And yeah, I don't know. It's just like an interesting talking point. But I do think there are a lot of men out there that maybe have a fear of confrontation and a fear of things getting physical. I'll be honest. But I also see and know in particular, again through re- recovery, so many men that were extremely violent when they were drinking but it was all because they were terrified and so scared inside. They feared everything, they feared everyone, but they felt having a fight would kind of make them look a certain way or make them feel a certain way. And that isn't a man at all for me. You're much more manly if you're like he was, the guy that I'm talking about here, able to admit that and go, I was scared of everyone, scared of everything. I'm not anymore. I don't want to go and fight. Mm. I've got kids, I've got my health, I've got this, I've got why am I going to get into a fight if someone looks at me a certain way? But yeah, as I said, it just it just leads us down a little direction of exploring this a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing I want to sort of point out at the start, we're crossing over a couple of things. There's 
physical capability and that progressing into a fight. Mm. Well, not, not not having to progress into a fight, but you know that's where the conversation went. But essentially feeling strong. And there's also capability of being able to do like DIY at home or change oil in the car or whatever it might be. So there's a couple of different things here that we're kind of merging mm. in, which can, can be dealt with slightly differently. I think the interesting thing for me is, I, like you, I kind of, there's a bit of that. I'm like, mm, we need to kind of investigate this, but I'm not convinced it's entirely gender related because yes. my wife, Jo, is in the last month, I would say, is really up to what she's done with her training and that kind of stuff. And the benefits that come to her are exactly the same as they come to me when I'm training well or you, better mental health better productivity, better sleep, except, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So does she want to feel more physically capable? Yes, for sure. You know, and, I, and the same way that a man does. I think it's where we're talking about, is there something like what Jordan Peterson was, was saying, which I, there's a lot that Jordan Peterson says that makes me go, I'm yeah. not sure about that. But, you know, the fact that it makes me have a thought about it is probably useful but it's this whole confrontational thing and whether men need to feel like they could do that or not do that is the interesting thing. Mm. You see, my fighting history, your Reuben is my James Kingdom. <laughs> and he, <laughs> I reckon I would have been about 10 or 11 and James was a year older than me. Shout out to James if he's listening and his brother Chris and his dad. I know I knew the whole family. And James used to push me around a little bit when I was at primary school age. And eventually I just like, I just lost it a little bit and I, I threw a punch at him. And I remember when the punch landed and I was just, I actually was completely shocked myself. <laughs> I just like, oh my God, what have, I, what have I done here? And it felt really, really unusual. I have to say he never pushed me around again, but that is about the top and bottom of my like actual, in inverted mm -hmm. commas, fighting history. So yeah. I can I can laugh at yours with Ruben, but I'm, mate, I'm right there with it. But I mean, what is it with guys then? What, what for instance, why do we, men predominantly, this is a sweeping statement, prefer or like watching things like boxing and mm. UFC. What is, why is that? Why do we like watching it? There must be something connected with that then. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, we've, we've talked about, I think when we had Simon on here, some of like the ancestral cavemen like behaviors of, of that, that may be inherent within there. I'm, I'm someone that I enjoy watching like a, a big boxing match or, Started to watch a little bit more of the UFC and that now, but you know, if there was a video online and you get this, sometimes it flashes up on like your social media of like, there's a fight and someone's punching. I can't watch it. I have to, I uh, really, yeah, really? I'm the opposite. Yeah. What in a I professional boxing fight? No. So it's like a street fight. Street or fight. There's like bullying in a school. Like sometimes mm. it will just flash up on your timeline and someone will say this, this isn't right or something like that. And I can't watch them videos. And I remember when I was a teenager, there were also there was fights in school. I I hated it. I hated those. You get everyone would sort of crowd round, and I had a younger brother in the school that was a bit chirpy, and I was always having. So I always had to sprint over to make sure it wasn't him. So I I hated that idea of it. And then also like going a bit deeper into like my childhood, I was surrounded by like a little bit of violence growing up, and I saw 
fights and I saw anger and stuff like that. And I just wanted the complete opposite of that. Mm. So I think that's probably played a little, a little bit of a part in my personal, you know, story as well. I think mm. where my thing is, is I think there was a question on a different one that I saw and it was, again, it's like a really jock kind of Americanized question and stuff like that. But he was like, if you're in somewhere and a guy slapped your, your girlfriend's bum, whatever, what's your reaction then? And it was just like one of those questions where it's like, oh, geez, it's like my worst nightmare, like that kind of thing. Here we come, Ruben, the old yeah. man's coming <laughs> back out. <laughs> but it's like, it's like you usually in this, in this kind of instance, or if you see something on the street or on a, I've had it on a, on the underground, for example, like some, and it's usually an absolute dickhead that's doing it, but someone that's maybe pestering someone or someone that's doing something not quite right. And it's like, if you stand up here and you, you know, voice your opinion, there could be consequences off the back of it. You don't know what's going to happen off the back of it. And there's that kind of uncertainty and that don't really know what's going to develop if I do speak up here. I think that's where a lot of them were talking about where if you are trained in jujitsu or something like that, are you more likely to go, look, that's not right. Because you know, if this guy then tries to do something to you, you feel quite confident in your ability to handle yourself if that situation escalates. You hope it never does. But if you are kind of used to that physical contact and you know certain techniques that might help you in that situation, are you then more likely to stand up for the stranger that's getting pestered mm. or something like that? So it just had me thinking a little mm. bit. I'm not I'm not sure though, mate. I mm. I mean I think ninety percent of men, I've just plucked that stat out of nowhere, but ninety <laughs> percent of men are really unsure of themselves if they were yes. to get in a fight. I yeah. mean, again, absolutely no basis for this. But if you do see those social media clips of two men having a fight in oh. the street, it's one of the most embarrassing things you've ever seen. Yeah. You suddenly realise how good Conor McGregor is at throwing punches. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this is awful. Yeah. But yeah, I think ninety percent of men are, are not probably hold that doubt around themselves mm. and it was interesting when we had ollie ollerton on he was talking about you know when i asked him what, what does it mean to you to be a man and he said well most people think it is can't remember the exact phrase but it's standing toe to toe in a bar yeah. and he's like that's not it for me and i think when you get that from a guy who's been in the special forces most of his life you're like okay he's worth listening to because i suspect ollie can stand toe to toe in a bar and handle himself, but he doesn't associate that with being a man. Mm. So it's a really interesting point. And I, I wonder whether this physical aspect is quite a modern actual phenomenon. I don't know. Like there's the ancestry thing, but mm. obviously I have done a little bit of research, Fraser. Yeah. Here we go. And because I remembered, this is where it came from. I remembered that actually being fat was a sign of wealth yeah. in years gone by. It still and is in certain places. It is, yeah. In yeah. I think in like Tanzania and yeah. some African countries, it's it's definitely it's, it's just, you know like the 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 village leader will often be mm. fat because it's a sign that they can eat more because yeah. they can afford more. And obviously, if someone's really fat, there's not that kind of they're not going to handle themselves in a bar, are they? Type or mm. not? You wouldn't have thought so in the same way. But actually, it goes even further than this. So. This is just men themselves. 
But back in the 18th century, it's a little trip down history lane for you here, Fraser. Back <laughs> in the 18th century, they used to design waistcoats to accommodate the belly or even accentuate the belly. Going back even further into the 16th century, they used to put padding in there to create the illusion of a belly. It was only really in the 19th century that for men, it started to change. But the same the same's happened with women, with women where we went through periods of times where voluptuous, bigger yeah. women was really celebrated. And then we went to, I don't know, size zero. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God I got that right. I don't know if actually all we're talking about, this kind of physical capability there's a sort of a bit of a myth around it. Do you know what I mean? And I, that's what mm. makes me think with Jordan Peterson, really? I don't know mm. about that. I'm not sure about Maybe that's something we've created in more modern times. Mm. I don't know, but it's an interesting one to think about. It's just the bit that gets me is why men like watching boxing and UFC so much. I feel like there's something that sort of ancestrally we're looking at here where we like the combat nature of it, the... We don't want to be involved in it. Yes, we, I think we, that's the big part. Yeah, but we want to watch it. The, the funny thing for me is whenever there's like a big boxing fight on or something and you go out, you see like these groups of lads like shadow boxing and like mimicking a little bit. I, and, and I think there's a massive difference between violence and kind of like self-defense. And I think we've touched on this before about, you know, what a dangerous man is. What was it said before? Someone that's capable but chooses not to, basically. Yeah, I think Simon Cousins' phrase was a dangerous man is a safe man or a safe man is yeah. a dangerous man. So in, yeah. if you look at Ollie Ollerton, yeah. essentially is a dangerous man, has the capability of hurting someone, yeah. but he's actually a very safe man because yeah. he knows what he's very honest about what he's capable of and he voluntarily holds it and yeah. only, only uses it when appropriate rather than being yeah. in denial about what he's capable of and trying to pretend he's this icy yeah. nicey and then it roaring its head out. Yeah, exactly that. And then, and then I see, I see things like physical altercations and violence and stuff like that. And I just think it's the last, it's the last position I'd, I'd ever want to put myself into. I used to see it like when I used to go out clubbing and like all that kind of stuff and you get, two guys that would literally fight and put lives on the line at sometimes because someone has trodden on their foot or someone has looked at them a certain way. Sometimes, and, and again, listening to various people in recovery, sometimes people went out because they felt so bad about themselves and they were so fearful and that was an outlet for them. A little bit like alcohol was an, an outlet for me. Theirs was kind of aggression and anger. I need to get this out. They would kind of use that stare or that little step on the toe as their moment to go, right, this person's getting it. And it was almost like they went out of an intention sometimes to get into that situation. But when you speak to them later on, it's like, I was so afraid. That was weakness in my part. That was me trying to pretend I was a man or try and be a man when it was the last thing that I actually was probably. Yeah, but when I hear stuff like that, though, I, I think... That's where the bit with what Jordan Peterson was saying doesn't quite resonate with me because I think that where I, I hear someone wanting to fight or fighting, I just, when you describe all the characteristics, all the setup for it, it just seems like someone who's really angry generally mm, and unhappy yeah. in life and 
the fight isn't about physical capability or an argument. It's about their pain that they're mm. expressing themselves. I don't think it's a physical capability thing. I mm. think it's just them raging at the world. I don't know. On on the point of, say, for instance, you're on a, an underground or something and there's there's an incident going on, there's a lot of bystanders and no one's really kind of like mm. saying anything to someone. Do you think there would be a difference in someone standing up that is more capable physically because it, it may get into a physical altercation or do you think a person would just stand up anyway regardless of whether they felt comfortable in a in a fight or not well all right I'd, sorry i'm not avoiding answering your question but i've thought about that scenario a lot mm. if i was in that scenario and i've told myself that i would definitely stand up and do the right thing but i've not been mm. in that scenario yeah. i haven't i have got, not got evidence to say yeah i have but i would like to think that i would but I guess the fact that I play it out in my mind is because I'm kind of going, would I? Would you? So mm. say you were say you're on a tram in Manchester and you yeah. saw something going on, what would you do? Uh if I'm completely honest, years ago, I probably would have hoped that somebody else would step in so I didn't have to, and someone else maybe would say something. And, and now now you'd call me. Yeah. <laughs> After your record, I'd call you now. <laughs> now, I'd like, again, it, it's a difficult one because it hasn't happened to me. Mm. If, if something was going on in front of me, I'd like to think I would stand up because I know if I was the victim of that, if I was younger or whatever, I would be really hoping that someone else would, would help me out. And I think that's what being a good citizen is. You then, though, you get that even if, and this is this is the thing as well, though, even if you're physically capable, whatever it might be, hypothetically this person could have a knife for all you know so that rules out straight away you know a lot of the physical capabilities that you you may have felt that you had or if you've trained in a certain thing you think i can take this guy he does that and then there's a completely different situation i don't think it's about men fighting i think it's that standing up but then there's that there is that fear of uncertainty and it's that fight or flight in your nervous system and there's there's all sorts at play. Does it make you more likely to stand up for someone in that situation if you are trained in in something and you feel physically capable? I'm not too sure. I've seen I've seen like old women that mm. would stand up for people, old men mm. that probably aren't physically capable. I remember the, um, and I'm, I'm going to get the details wrong here, but I remember the terrorist attack on London Bridge some time ago. And I think there was a man with a axe or a knife, I think, mm. I can't remember. And I think it was a Polish taxi driver just stopped and took him on and, and got, got hurt, badly hurt. Yeah. I, I may have died. I'm not, I can't quite remember, but but essentially in that moment was like i'm going to i'm going to try and take him on under huge fear if I, I could get stabbed here and that it just takes you there doesn't it and go mm. what would i do what would i mm. do in that scenario and you you can't underestimate the bravery that that must take but mm. I, I don't know if that's a gender thing i, I don't know if it is no. i'm not sure mm. i think it's the bit that i do think fits with this a little bit is more going back a bit around that whole DIY capability thing. Now, for full disclosure, I am not that guy. I am mm. useless at anything. If I can throw money at a problem to be fixed, that that's my answer to it, which is pathetic. I get it. 
But I do think there might be something around men want to be fixers, don't we? It's why, why we're not particularly good at sometimes handling situations that might need a bit of time or might need a bit of discussion because we're just like, come on, we need to fix this. And often women are much better at kind of giving it time and space to breathe and talk about wh- whatever it might be. You know, a bit like, do you remember Simon Thomas talking ages yes, ago yeah, about, yeah. on his episode about, you know, you, yeah. I think you asked him that great question around how did you find it with men and women? And he, was, yeah. and he said, didn't he? He said, like, men just wanted to fix me. Like, come on, we need to get it sorted. Whereas women didn't tend to do it. They just let hold space and allow me to. Yeah. You know, there is something in that for men around wanting to be a fixer. But with that, not being the DIY, like like Jocko said, like plumbing your house and rewiring it and doing the drywall. He's, he's talking all that kind of stuff. But does it make you feel emasculated in any way to have someone come around and a professional that comes around and does that? Does that make no. you feel any less of a man? No, I don't, no. I, I don't, I don't think so. But, no. you know, if I manage to do the most basic DIY job, do I feel good about myself? Yeah, but I don't yeah. know if it makes me feel, you know, those, <laughs> I don't uh, mean, well. those shelves up in my daughter's bedroom, <laughs> they might they might be slightly offline, but boy, I did a good job. It's, a, it's an interesting point as well, again, because I've never I've never done the DIY and stuff, mm. but on, on Christmas Eve, I had to put together like Nelly's gymnastics rings kit. And I knew the next day she was going to be swinging on this thing. So I was like, it has to be secure because if she Christmas morning swings on it, and it breaks first. Thing, imagine, imagine ruined. Through so the I, tree. I, I, yeah, I did get right into it, and I, I came off when I finished it. I was like really like quite buzzing and quite proud. I was like, yeah, I've done this. Like, feel a bit, feel a bit like a man. But I'm also someone that's like, my skill set lies elsewhere. So. What someone can do DIY wise, I might be really good in a different area and they might not be equipped in that area. And yes, I know people say like, it's the, uh, a man's role in this and that. And it, also on this podcast, they were talking about role models. Now I never had anyone, it's, it's kind of different as well, but if you grow up in a household with a dad that is maybe every weekend he's fixing his car or he's doing something and you're with him and he's kind of teaching you the ropes, that kind of thing, then you probably start to pick it up a little bit more. Well, I didn't have any of that in my household, so I've never been exposed to it. But then as a man, you're expected to be able to do it when you get to a certain age, just out of nowhere, where it is a skill. Again, I smile talking about it because some people's perception of a man is one that can physically look after himself and one that can provide and fix things and do that. But that isn't just a man for me at all. Far from it. No. Well, look, I spent a lot of my youth in the garden with my dad. When I say a lot, that's, that's a bit of an exaggeration. I know my mum will be listening to this. So. <laughs> Shout but, out Molly. Yeah. I did spend a lot of time in the, with him in the garden where he'd be like doing jobs in the garden and I'd be forever like picking up, like he'd be cutting a hedge and I'd be, and I loved it. Honestly, I loved it. I remember it so clearly. And I was his like little helper. Am I really into gardening now? Absolutely not. I'm mm. not that guy at all. So I don't know. I don't know whether it makes any difference at all. I, I'm kind of, mm. the jury's very much out for me. I think what's interesting, right, which kind of is worth us diving into around this whole topic is that 
if we're following this train of thought, and, and Jordan Peterson's line is a pretty hard one, to be mm. perfectly honest, but that would mean that, therefore, if we're basing masculinity, you know, around capability, whether that's physical or otherwise in the garden or fixing stuff or whatever, then the older you get, the less masculine you get, right? And that you would be at your most masculine in your 20s, I would guess. But that would be the right train of thought, no? I don't, I'm don't. not mm. sure I agree with that, but that would be right, yeah? It would be. And again, it, it, it points to Ollie in his episode that said about the soldier that he would be now compared to when he was in his 20s. And I think when you are in your physically your things like testosterone and stuff like that you 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 know you produce more when you're younger and that kind of thing but in terms of being a man it, it completely depends on how you define that but again I've like I say the one of the best things about recovery is you get all these different stories of the person that's on the other end of it if I you know that situation that I said before like the hypothetical one of having the dickhead on the train that's doing mm. something yeah the biggest thing we can do in society is get that person not to be that person basically so mm. if you can if you can have the guy that the guy that i'm thinking off the top of my head in recovery who was that person that was maybe robbing people on a train or fighting or whatever it was who hadn't dealt with anything had all sorts of different traumas who was running away who was escaping through violence and alcohol and stuff like that that's the problem you're not the problem, the one that's opposite trying to be like a good citizen. And I'm I'm huge on like trying to create better men in society. And it goes slightly away from like the point, but even just the language that men use amongst each other, how we talk about women, how we talk about sex, how we talk about money, how we talk about I've I no longer really surround myself in those circles, but occasionally I am. And when I go back to it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like what are we? What we're doing and it's a big mm. part of my role now in in professional sport especially with the younger boys it's like you don't have to talk like this you don't have to put this bravado on in front of all the boys and try and be the big guy like and that's where all of this that we're talking about is is kind of ego and bravado it's even being able to fix yeah, things but, and all that yeah yeah i i agree with that but it's like and I, I, you know how I feel about all of that. I'm exactly the same. That's mm. a big part of why we're doing this podcast, you mm. know, to change the conversation for men. But, you, you know, in that scenario where there's a difficult person on a tram who's doing something that they shouldn't be doing and you feel like you need to protect them and you're that guy that meets him with prayer and meditation rather than <laughs> confrontation, it, even for us, is it even for where we are, there's a bit like, come on, we're going to have to the yoga meister is not going to is not going to solve this problem yeah and if you date that back to some of the other conversations that we've had on this podcast about how maybe it's within men's ancestry to go out and fight and for maybe that relates to us wanting to be protectors and providers etc i don't know it doesn't all correlate quite mm. as simple as we we'd like because if we go back to our point then probably 90% of men are really worried about having getting in a physical fight Mm. So if 90% of us are worried about it, well, that's not a great mass of ancestry piling down going, yeah, yeah, you're fighters and warriors, is it? We're like, oh, God, I'm not, I hope James Kingman doesn't turn up and want to finish <laughs> off that fight I had with him when he was 11. So do you, do you think it's a good idea then for, for men to learn some kind of skill around that or for it to be taught in schools like been suggested? 
no. Sorry, that's just like a really solid no. I didn't mean it quite like that. I think combat sports and mm. martial arts, etc., are phenomenal for discipline yeah. and structure and taking kids who don't feel very purposeful in life or don't have great role models in life and giving them a real home. And you just have to go through the list of great boxers and UFC fighters over the last 20 years, and it's littered with those sorts of people. So I think it's brilliant. So I, I would say, do those sports, are they really important for communities? I really do. I really mm. do. And I'm a massive boxing UFC fan. You know, maybe I'm a bit biased, but I really do. But do I think it's part of men fundamentally being men? I don't think so. I don't know. I Because if I go back to that question of, therefore, if as you get older, you get less masculine, I guess I would say this being nearer 50 than 40. But I don't feel like that. I feel like yeah. more of a man now than I did at 40. No question. And, and have I got better at fighting? No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> Uh, my glory days of James Kingdom back in at 11 years old have gone. And so where does that masculinity lie? I think it lies in knowledge, calm, mm. providing, protecting in ways which don't involve violence, mm. being a role model, being assured about who I am and how I fit within a family unit. I think those are much more mm. powerful than the physical abilities. But I, as I'm saying, I could almost... And hear a listener listening to this guy, oh, that's a load of nonsense. You need to be able to stand up for yourself. You know, I, I, I'm willing to listen to that. You're 33. Yeah. Do you feel when you were 20 more yeah. masculine than you do now? Oh, no way. Way more now. Yeah, I mean, I look at you. 20. You're a hunk of a man now. <laughs> <laughs> no, far from it. You know, take away any kind of physicality just how I am as a person. You, you get to know yourself a bit more. That evidence builds up of who you are, what you believe in. And I I was very, very uncomfortable in my own skin as a younger man. And I think a lot of us are as younger men. And women, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm. A, a really good part of my work is I get to go in and with the Premier League, I get to go in and see 20 clubs, all these lads aged 16 to 19. So you can kind of see these patterns of bravado and they don't quite know themselves, but they feel they have to portray a certain image and you're competing and there's that kind of masculine environment that's that's been created in a, a hierarchy. And you can see how people kind of position themselves within that. And then you get to see some of those people later down the line when they become men. And it's just chalk and cheese. And you hear their stories of, oh God, I was... I was putting this app to him. I was terrified. I was so worried about this and I was so worried about that. And sometimes there's, a, there's another guy that I was listening to actually. He's, he's, a, he's called Mike Thurston. He's like a big, you look at him, he's a beast, mm -hmm. isn't he? Like he's a massive guy. He was on Chris Williamson's podcast and they were talking about, so he said he got picked on quite a bit when he was younger. And he said he was kind of like afraid of confrontation. So he said he wanted to build himself into someone that someone would not want to have a fight with. So although he's never had a fight, he wanted to build himself into someone that someone didn't want to fight with because he was kind of picked on when he was younger. And I thought that was quite interesting that, as you said, 90% of men probably don't know how they're going to get on within a fight. There's this huge bodybuilding, massive guy 
who still doesn't know how he would get on in a in a physical confrontation. He just feels like he's built a frame where people go, yeah, I'm probably not going to fight that guy because he's massive. But again, mm-hmm. it comes back to that physical capabilities and actual having a fight, that kind of thing is, is very different. I'm asking a question to answer for him, I guess, which is not that fair. But do you think he still walks around now going, you know, I need to be the size to make sure no one punches me or picks on me? Because I don't, no, I mean, some yeah, of the smallest people I deal with in, in business, you know, can be the most ferocious, yes, you know, absolutely yeah. no, no physical capability about them. But I don't feel they fear anyone at all. Yeah, I don't know. I think it might be an illusion. I feel like I'm like the, being the the poo poo of, of this no. type of thing. But I, I I do as well. Like, what makes it get to that physical? Right, we're going to have a fight. It's probably someone that is struggling to articulate themselves and really get their point across and assert themselves in a proper manner. So they go right. That's not working. We're going to have a fight. It is that kind of like barbaric cavemanly kind of right. Let's just do this then. And then there's there's never really a winner, is there? If you've got two grown men fighting in public, is there ever a winner? Like, I, I don't know. Oh, we'll get anyone... Ruben on the phone now. <laughs> and here he well, is after here's, 20 here's, years. Here's a, so, right, so here's a good point. So that fight I got into. Yeah. Oh, God, this is stupid. But I, I got into this fight when I was that age. I won the fight. I can't wait to hear this, by the way. This is Could, well, he, he didn't hit me. I hit him and kind of panicked and then ended up going off. But I completely, I was not a winner of that fight because I, on my way home, I was shaking, I was crying and I played for Chelsea at the time. And there was a big kind of discipline at Chelsea. If you get in trouble at school, you get suspended from the club. And as soon as I hit him and had that fight, my whole world was just, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get kicked out of Chelsea. I'm going to, I've ruined this, I've ruined that. So did I? Did I win the fight? I was. I, well, I think you claimed wrecked. you did. You claimed, claimed you did. I did. Yeah, Ruben, <laughs> Ruben probably hasn't got fond memories that day. But I, I came away and I was like, "What was the point in that?" I was, and I know why I had the fight. I can still remember it. Mm. I didn't want to have a fight, but it got to a point where everyone else was like, "Oh, you can't let him do that," and I let them influence me. And I think sometimes that happens as well. You, you know, other yeah. people can. You think right? If I don't do this here people are going to think this so you end up not really wanting to fight but thinking god i better do this because otherwise people are going to think i'm not a man basically yeah we're gonna i mean we're, I, we will be getting an email from ruben giving his <laughs> his version of events but i mean genuinely though how many of like your male friends and i think about my male friends have got into fights yeah. do you have anyone do you have other people in your life who get into fights regularly no uh but there there were during um, my football career, there were quite a lot of teammate fights. I'll be honest, there was quite like proper was, fights or yeah, like there just was kicking there, each other's shins. No, qu- no, quite a lot of. I say quite a lot. Probably, I probably saw five or six during my career. Mm. It would get heated. It would get to a certain point, and it would yeah, it would get get into like a physical confrontation. A lot of the time, it was the the classic wanting someone to hold you back, trying to square up, and then hoping everyone holds you back so you don't have to have the fight. There's a few times where it did, it, yeah, there were quite quite a few. As I said, there was never really a, a winner. There was never, 
it was just no. it was just stupid. I, I... No, and I, I think you know if you take take things like football for example, you can be physical without actually having to throw a punch. Yeah. You can wipe out someone's legs, can't you? You yeah. can. I mean, no sport more so than rugby. You can have a massive, massive physical impact on someone without actually yeah. having to throw a punch. Yeah. I think the act of throwing a punch, I think rugby players will not be included in this group, is another step though, isn't it? And I don't think it's something that kind of falls, honestly, like I, I might be completely out of turn. I don't think it's something that falls naturally for a lot of men just to no. go, right, I'm going to throw a punch right now. I think it, yeah. is, it would be a very uncomfortable situation to be, which goes mm. in the face of what Jordan Peterson said. It goes in the face of even us saying, oh, men are all the warriors and all this kind of stuff, you know? I, mm. I know a few women who'd probably be faster to throw a punch than I would be. So, yeah. you know. I've had a few women throw punches at me. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but I, I think the, the big point here, Luke, is the people that are capable of fighting, so your boxers, your jiu-jitsu, UFC, those are the ones that don't. So those are the ones that... Yeah, but are they, boxer, do, they, do they feel any more of a man than than your eye probably in a in a physical capability yes but in other areas no so mm. there's a balance to be had but you, you look at a boxer if he gets into a street fight he gets his license taken away from him you look at jiu-jitsu it's all about and I've, I've heard people talk about this about martial arts and how disciplined they are they never ever want to go out and, and show this and and have a fight and prove something that goes in the face of all the belief systems that that martial arts is the actual people that are out there having the fights and causing the fights are probably the ones that don't really know how to, you know, how to fight, but also the ones that aren't trained, as you say, and they're probably the ones that are, that have underlying anger issues and things they've not dealt with. And that's like their outlet. So does that make them a man? Far, far from it. It makes them, as I was saying about the guy that I speak to a lot in recovery, it makes them the opposite. He was a coward for doing that. And he says, I was a coward for doing that. He ran away from his problems. He was scared and fearful, but used that as a vehicle. He used violence as a vehicle to take that out on other people. That's cowardly. So I go back and forth. The question that I would ask you is, mm. and you take away, from, take away fighting from this for an example though, but just physically, do you, do you feel, how do you feel that plays into you? Because I know you look after yourself and you want to be physically active. Does that make you feel mm. not any more of a man, but does it make you feel a lot better about yourself? It, it, it makes me feel a lot better about myself. No question. Whether it makes me feel more of a man, mm. I don't think so. I no. don't. I mean, right now I've got a bit of a rib injury from post-skiing holiday and I'm hobbling around and I don't feel great about myself because I can't do anything I feel a bit podgy and all that kind of stuff but I don't feel any less of a man or more of a man yeah. I, I really don't I don't see it as being related it's like likewise I just I don't think this kind of like you know therefore an older man who's less capable mm. is going to be any less masculine no. I think that that train of thought and it's all, the more we've had gone through this episode it, it's sort of I think Jordan Peterson sometimes comes up with things which, you know, it's, it's like, I'm not sure that's a great thing to say. And I yeah, just, uh, you know, it's an, it's an interesting talking point, but in a way, is it helpful to the discussion around men? Because mm. it's like, I don't know, it's, it'd be a bit the similar sort of saying, well, men need to be absolutely super confident in the bedroom every single time. 
Yeah. Well, then the majority of men aren't going to be super confident. So what are you saying to them? You're like, well, you guys are failures. It's like, mm. you know, the same as saying, well, all men need to be physically capable just in case you get into a confrontation. Yeah. And then the vast majority of men go, well, I've never been in a fight, so I don't know what I would do. Mm. I don't know if it's that helpful. I think it's just a load of nonsense. It kind of, I think looking after yourself physically I think it's really important, but I don't think it matters whether you're a, a man, woman, whether you're 20, 50. It, I, I, don't, I don't think it matters, perfectly honest. No. I, think, I think feminine energy and masculine energy come from different places. It's all internal. It's not like, yes, physical health. And I feel much, much better when I'm physically able and I'm exercising. I think that's really, really important that you look after. You get one body. This is our vehicle. Mm. And like, look after it and it will look after you. But this being a man and being more of a man that's it's all an internal job that for me mm. it's again i keep talking about this guy in recovery but it just keeps coming to my mind but it's all internal for him now i think he's about 10 years sober but just listening to him share and the chaos of his life before the violence the anger all of it was just fighting was the escape for him it was the thing that just made all of that go away for a little bit. And it was his way of just like being angry at the world. Then he reflected and looked inside. He's a dad, he's a granddad, he's he's a role model now, which he, he was an awful role model before in his younger years. If, if someone looked at him, they'd go, that's, that's not what I want to be. But now he's a, he's a role model. That's a, that's a proper man, not the one that's like out there trying to prove something. Mm. and trying to be the alpha and trying to you know have this have this thing about them yeah just on that alpha thing we go back to football and you think about football clubs firms you know they're they're hooligans as Mm. such they would argue that they are part of a tribe they're showing Mm. how strong they are they're fighting like we used to in ancestral times i just i'm not sure about that i just see a bunch of really angry dysfunctional drunk coked up men just trying to kill themselves i don't i don't see it but maybe i'm missing something no i think i think what they do have is that that's their sense of community that's their sense of belonging that's Mm. the only thing i can see that they take from that but i'm the same i see a lot of people that are probably very unhappy in other areas of their life and that is their outlet and their release on a weekend is Mm. we're going to go here drink sniff this fight be like proper blokes and if you actually pulled them one-on-one during the week when they're sober and they're away from that group, I guarantee you've got some really, really sad and unhappy people within that. This is another thing for me. I think like, I see this a lot when, so I live like town center, city center and stuff like that. You see groups, groups of men together. And I've seen this in all different areas, but groups of men together that will feel stronger because they're in a pack. So they'll shout something across the road or they'll do something. But again, you you kind of pull one of them away from the pack one-on-one and you go, sorry, what was that? What was that? And they, oh, no, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean it. But when they're in a bigger group, they feel that kind of protection they've got around them. They can say what they want. They can do what they want. And I've seen it with, um, there's a girl, a girl that I know in particular and I'm, I'm protective of her. But I've seen some of the comments that she's had from idiots on nights out and stuff like that. And these are some of the most insecure, low men that shout stuff in a group. But then when, and she's a brave girl to be fair, but when she pours them one-to-one, 
they're the kind of man that couldn't talk to a girl mm-hmm. and say something, but in a crowd, they feel that sense of, oh, I can do what mm-hmm. I want here because I'm, I'm kind of backed up and I've got my mates with me. Fraser, I'd be a big fan, though, if we're, after this podcast you go away and develop the Karate Kid style, <laughs> one leg up. I think that would be a, a real highlight for you, me, and this podcast. If there is a martial know. arts studio across the road from me. Here so we go. Enjoy. Here we go. Folks, this time next year, Black Belt <laughs> Fraser Franks is uh, strolling the streets, just keeping everyone safe. That's actually a good point, though, Luke. So so since I've had this heart operation, I've, I've got like, the mechanical valve in. And one of yeah. the things that I've been told I can't do is like physical physical contact. Right. So it's almost like saying... Are you less I'm of le- a man now? I'm less of a man now because I've yeah. had to have this operation. I'm less of a man because I'm not able to get into physical altercations. I bruise easily. I bleed easily. And it's, it's something that if I got a heavy impact somewhere, then it, it would... you know wouldn't be good for me so does that make me less of a man I I feel more of a man than than I was before it so yeah I I think we've debunked it yeah I think so I'm glad we've had this chat it it just does make me laugh a lot though it's like Fraser and I met up for breakfast on Sunday morning at the garden eatery to have poached eggs and cappuccinos we're like the the last blokes on the earth talking about fighting don't want to mess with us near the garden there's that non-dairy milk that can really raise (laughs) raise its ugly head Uh, anyway thank you Fraser it was a good chat that I enjoyed it I suspect some people have got really different opinions to ours but anyway there we go good to hear them Thank you for listening to the Understanding Men podcast. As ever, you can find us on all major social platforms, including Spotify, YouTube, and TikTok. And we will be promoting every episode via our own personal social media. Like I just said, please let us know what you think of this podcast, what you want us to talk about in other ones, because we want it to be as interactive as possible. Also, if you've liked what you've heard, then go ahead and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode and lastly if you're listening on apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review five star ratings are always welcome thank you and goodbye for now